When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. All right, welcome back to Purple Daily. My head is absolutely spinning right now uh, because Philip Rivers is not coming back to the Chargers. And Rage Against the Machine is coming to Minnesota with the whole band in a reunion tour. What? What year is this? That's hap- happening. What do you mean, what year is this? Rage Against the Machine? Yes, Rage Against the Machine. We need them now more than ever. You don't... I don't disagree. I'm just yeah, okay. confused as... I'm stunned. Mm-hmm. Like, they haven't been on tour. They haven't been a band in a That's very, why very long time. Yeah, I mean, it must be since... What, 2007 or 2008 or something? Maybe they've gotten together a handful of times, but coming back for a 40 show tour, including the Twin Cities, Rage Against the Machine, uh, I need to find a way to go and for someone to um, go with me who's tougher than I am to just get in mosh pits and fights and stuff. Um, all right, we welcome him to the show. I have no idea if he's a Rage Against the Machine fan, but he is an excellent analyst of quarterbacks and writer for Football Outsiders, Derek Klassen. What is up, Derek? How are you? I'm doing great today. How are you guys? Uh, doing okay. So is that a no on the Rage Against the Machine? Uh, I mean, I don't mind them, but I will say that that's not my uh, preferred style of music. All right, fine. Well, that's maybe maybe there's a slight generational gap because they disappeared forever for whatever reason. Uh, all right, so we'll move quickly then to quarterbacks. Before we get to um, the class for this year, quarterback class in the draft, Phillip Rivers is not coming back to the Los Angeles Chargers, which means the Vikings are trading Kirk Cousins to the Chargers and they're bringing back Teddy Bridgewater, or at least that's what the ESPN prediction machine says. Uh, what does this mean, Derek, for the Chargers and for Phillip Rivers, where he might go and what dominoes that might cause to fall? I don't know, because he, he seems like... Um... I think he's like slightly more attractive than Tom Brady at this point, so I, I think he's probably the biggest domino, um, at least as far as a lot of those older quarterbacks go. Um, at least for the Chargers, it kind of felt like it was time. Like as as the season kind of closed out, and it seemed like they weren't going to make the playoffs, it just kind of seems like uh, like this was the end. And even since the beginning of draft season, they've kind of been linked to a number of different quarterbacks, or at least the ones that are going to fall to their area. So. I don't think it's all that surprising that they moved on from him. And I know I think Benjamin Albright has been uh, reporting this for, like, months now. So I guess it's not that surprising. It's just 
still the confirmation of it is a bit rough, but um, I don't know. I think I think he's probably the most interesting piece right now because I think early on we're already getting yeah probably some crazy Minnesota Minnesota fans wanting him there, or um, I've even seen people suggest him to the Cowboys, which is absolutely insane to me. So <laughs> um, and even people saying he's going to go to the Bucks, which. I guess in terms of like realistic spots for needing a quarterback, that makes sense. But I don't think Rivers and Arians is uh, the combination people think it's going to be. Really, I, I feel like no risk it, no biscuit is perfect for both of them. Uh, that Rivers loves to risk it and would probably throw just as many interceptions as Jameis Winston did last year if he were playing there. You're, you're probably right that Bruce wants somebody who can throw the ball and has some velocity on their passes, which I think Rivers doesn't anymore. It's, it's weird with Rivers, Derek, because he was having a, a good season last year by a lot of statistical measures, but they were losing a bunch of close games and a especially when you would watch, it just looked pretty ugly. So I, I can't figure out if it would be better for him to just say, hey, I'm a Charger forever, that's my legacy, I'll probably get in the Hall of Fame with that, or if he wants to do that thing where he goes somewhere else. There was a story way back when that Dan Marino almost came to the Vikings and then just said, you know what, it's probably better if I just am a Dolphin for life. So, I mean, is it a good idea the way he's playing at this point to come back somewhere? Uh, I would say it's more likely that he doesn't end up doing anything that furthers his legacy from here on out. Because like you said, I don't think he was awful last year, but there were cert- certainly some points where it looked uh, less than ideal. And I think in particular his arm strength, um, even when he was fantastic in 2018, his arm strength was kind of falling off towards the end of the season. And so I, I think he would really need a lot of things to go right if he went somewhere else. So I, I think, yeah. I would kind of like to see him just retire because, one, seeing him in another jersey, even though I'm not a Chargers fan, I think would be weird. Um, and also, I just I kind of have a hard time imagining him pulling off some insane like top five season anywhere else. There's something that I both love and hate about an old quarterback just going somewhere else. I mean, with Favre to the Jets was super weird, but by the time he got to the Vikings, it was just straight up awesome. Like, this guy's 40 years old, he's left the Packers in the dust, and now he's just out there gunslinging around and, and finds this bit of magic that's still there left. And there's there's something really cool about that. But at the same time, having a legacy with one team, and this goes for Brady, too, I think there's value in that, and I can't see Tom Brady going anywhere else. There's the Dallas rumor. There's, you know, the Bears have been connected to him. The Chargers have been connected to him. It would be too weird for me, Derek, if Tom Brady went somewhere else. I think I agree because there's not really that many spots where I think because to me Brady is only leaving to go somewhere where he for whatever reason, feels like it's a maybe a better or at least equal opportunity to win a Super Bowl um, compared to New England. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the teams that need quarterbacks, well, the problem is if you need a quarterback, you're probably not in a very good position to get back to the Super Bowl. I guess the best example would be, like, maybe the 49ers take some really weird swing, but I don't see that happening. Um, and then the other one you mentioned, Dallas. I, if Dallas doesn't extend Dak, I think they're out of their minds. So. <laughs> I mean, I just have a hard time, kind of like, kind of like with Rivers. I just have a hard time seeing it getting better anywhere else. Um, and I would really, 
I think it would be, you know, kind of like you mentioned, really weird to see him in a different uniform. Talking with Derek Klassen, he does the film room and Almanac for Football Outsiders, also contributes to uh, Roto World as well. And I, I want to get into the draft quarterbacks in just a second, but I'm so mind blown by all of the possibilities with free agent quarterbacks. And Field Yates tweeted out this long list of quarterbacks who are free agents in a couple of weeks. It's like there is a lot to get resolved here. What is the one that nobody's talking about that we should be if there's one team's quarterback situation that is just sort of sitting out out there on the edges that could totally come out and surprise us Derek do you have one that could be stunning in a couple of weeks uh I don't know if the Bears would be stunning at this point in terms of you know just straight on moving on from Mitchell Trubisky I think moving on from him is I they'll at least give him some competition but I think it's it's kind of just to see what exactly they do to move on from mm-hmm. Trubisky. Like, are they just going to try to bring in, I don't know, like a Marcus Mariota, kind of like what the Titans did with Tannehill last year, just kind of bring in a decent veteran that maybe can revive himself. Or are they going to take a swing and do something insane, like try to get Tom Brady or trade up into the top five with, you know, the zero picks that they have left. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So I think the Bears are the interesting one and really just keeping tabs on the Titans and what they're going to do with Tannehill. Cause I think, you know, everybody has said this, but they're kind of in a weird spot where Tannehill is, doesn't really have a resume that's good enough to extend him the way that like Dallas is going to extend Dak. But it's really hard to find quarterbacks who are competent even. And I think Tannehill is clearly that. So just seeing exactly what to give him, I think is going to be interesting. If they can get him on the Jimmy Garoppolo deal, that would be perfect. But. You know, we'll see what kind of leverage he has. I feel like they're going to just franchise tag him and kind of go from there. And if you're a quarterback who gets franchise tagged, you're not super mad about that, I think, with like, what, $30 million. Um, I, I think that the sleeping crazy giant here is the Vegas Raiders. John Gruden has to dislike Derek Carr because he was there before John Gruden got there. If Gruden had picked him, he'd probably love him. Um, but... You know, he's the definition of mediocrity. He's going to be the 14th to 20th best quarterback, if not a little worse than that, at any point in the league. He's super conservative, doesn't take a whole lot of risks. It's going to be really tough to win with Derek Carr. And I could see Vegas changing locations and saying, we got to do something big here. We need to do blank. So they're the ones that's sitting in the background that we think, oh, they've got their quarterback, it's Derek Carr. But that could get wild. I think you're right, but I will say I think it absolutely should not be Brady or Rivers. Um, just because they've given Gruden such a long leash with that contract that I don't see why he would, you know, feel the need to rush and win, you know, exactly in 2020 or whatever, or, you know, try to rush for this save my, save my job type of thing. I don't think that's a concern for him. So I think you're right. It could get crazy, but I would lean more towards something like, um, I mean, maybe somehow trying to get Tannehill out of his deal or, I mean, trading up in the draft is probably the most likely. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of teams that could argue or make better cases for trading up in the draft than there would be for trying to get one of the older guys who is, you know, basically falling off the side of the cliff or has a really good chance of falling off the side of the cliff. Now, with the Vikings, Derek, we're talking about a a team with one of the hardest situations because they know that Kirk Cousins is good. They know they can get to the playoffs with him now. They know he can even win a playoff game and he can put up great stats. But his cost 
is probably too much for what he's actually worth in talent. So they have to decide, do we want to try to trade up? Do we want to draft someone in the second or third round? Do we want to go crazy and try to trade Kirk Cousins and really get this party started in the offseason? What do you think is the direction that the Vikings should and will go with Kirk Cousins? Uh, I honestly think they should just stick with him because, you know, like you said, I think he actually played um, very, very well this year, and he actually finally proved he could he could win a big game, which a big game, which I think is important. Um, but quarterback value is weird because it's it doesn't really operate like a sliding scale like most other uh, positions do. Like at say you know wide receiver or something, unless you're Sammy Watkins, you're pretty much getting paid like to exactly the level of player that you are yeah whereas quarterback it's kind of if you cross the threshold almost everyone is getting paid the same and i think kirk at this point pretty comfortably passes the threshold so um i think they should keep him and i think they will but uh i'm not in the front office so you know we'll see it's not like this would be the first time somebody's moving on from kirk well, on this station, we love to speculate as much as we possibly can because that's fun. So let's speculate even further and talk about Jalen Hurts here. The Vikings could sort of soft launch this is the way that I've thought of it, Derek. Is So they stick with Kirk for, for 2020 and they draft someone in the second or third round and then see what they think of that through OTAs, through training camp, and through next season and then make their decision later kind of the way that Dallas has run this all the way up to the end with Dak Prescott, and if they feel confident in the guy that they drafted in the second or third round, they could turn it over to him and build up around that. Um, And if they don't feel that confident, they can stick with Kirk Cousins. Jalen Hurts is the guy that comes to mind because I don't think he's going to be a first-round draft pick, but he has some potential. He's exciting. He's got some playmaking ability that we don't see here very often with Kirk Cousins. You watched a ton of film on Jalen Hurts. What was your big picture takeaway on what type of player he could be in the NFL? Yeah, I think if if that's the approach that the Vikings are going to take, somewhere in the, in the third round is, I think, probably fine for him. Um, I think especially to the Vikings it could make sense because if they're looking for a guy who can operate um, – out of the pocket, um, at least like on scramble stuff, better than Kirk, um, can also do all of the rollout stuff and can do all of the play-action stuff, and then maybe add a little bit of a quarterback run element, um, which if they end up moving on from Kirk might be what they want to go towards. I think Hurts checks all of those boxes. Um, I have some concerns about the way that Hurts sees the field if it's not you know, play-action or if he's having to get beyond his first read on like a you know typical drop-back stuff, whereas I, I don't really have so much of a concern like that with Kirk. Um, and I think Kirk's accuracy is a, a good step down from Kirk Cousins'. Um, granted, he has improved his accuracy over his college career. He was atrocious as a freshman, um, got a little bit better as a sophomore, a little bit better as a junior, even though he didn't play as much at Alabama. Um, and then I think he did fairly well at Oklahoma in terms of ball placement. So I think he could be – I still kind of see him more as like a – low-end spot starter, but I think you're right. He's kind of proven himself at every turn at this point, and maybe there's a bit of potential there that uh, if you take him in the third round and you know, there's that 5% chance he turns into something great, you can you know gamble for that. So are, are there other guys in this draft that are in that same sort of range? Once we get to the combine, then uh, things become much clearer for me in, in terms of the draft. 
Um, once you talk to people and you see everybody's, uh, you know, takeaways on how people performed, and and then it becomes clear or clearer who's going to go where. But right now, I feel like the picture's kind of fuzzy with a lot of these quarterbacks. So, are there other quarterbacks who are catching your eye as you watch the film and, and get ready for the draft, where you say, you know, that guy could be the second or third round steal that we've seen actually work out for a number of NFL teams where they don't have to spend that high pick or don't have to sacrifice all of their future picks to trade up, and they still end up with a franchise quarterback like a Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott and, and so forth? Uh, you know, outside the first round, I think it's tough this year because, um, you know, at least for this hypothetical, let's assume that Jordan Love is probably a first-rounder, even though I, I don't think he should be. Um, and, you know, it's kind of tougher to pin down if Jacob Eason is going to be, but I don't think he should be a first-rounder, and, I have a lot of concerns about him being that second or third round steal or whatever. In terms of maybe like a day three guy, I think Anthony Gordon is a little bit interesting to me. I haven't charted his full season yet, but um, I've caught a couple of games and I think his ball placement is, um, I think it's like pretty good for a guy of, you know, that caliber of prospect. Um, and I think he's proven that he can actually, you know, make some really interesting throws from the pocket just in terms of like, if a pass rusher is kind of forcing him to take one weird step away, he can really quickly reset his platform. And I think being able to reset your platform like that and throw just from odd angles or whatever the play calls for, I think is is really important. And I think that could be like a really good cornerstone for his game. Well, you're barking up the same tree as our buddy Sage Rosenfels, who was posting Anthony Gordon tape today on his Twitter and a couple of throws exactly like you're, you're pointing out where he had to kind of reset and make a sidearm throw or adjust to getting a little bit pressured and, and throw quickly. Um, so I, I think that that might be a direction the Vikings go because even worst case scenario, uh, the guy ends up becoming a backup or something. Or if they sign Cousins to another three-year extension, you have three years for that guy to see what you think of them as the backup, and maybe you turn it to them eventually. If I were putting down likely scenarios for a draft, I think that would be uh, probably at the top. Last thing for you, Derek, how much of the XFL did you watch, and did you love it a lot? <laughs> I actually I didn't necessarily watch all of it intently, but I did at least have all four games on the TV while I was maybe doing some other stuff. But I watched probably two games um, with you know my full attention on them. I thought it was actually pretty good. I kind of compared it to like if just in terms of entertainment quality, like if you're watching like a mid-level Power Five game, like I don't know mm, something yeah. like Arizona State versus Virginia. Both those teams were good this year, not great, um, and they could make for like an interesting. You know, I don't know, 27 to 30 games, something like that. So I think it was uh, definitely good enough football to be interesting. I think the big difference between this and the AAF is like the AAF, at least to me, didn't really feel like it was mimicking real football. And maybe that's just because, I mean, maybe that's just because it folded so early and that's just, you know, kind of be retroactively saying that. But the XFL at least feels like some semblance of real football even if it's you know clearly a tier below the NFL. Yes, yeah, I agree. And I think it's perfect in February to have on his background noise. You know, you take a nap, you wake up, you watch a quarter of the XFL, you go, hey, Cardell Jones, what are you doing here? <laughs> Look, you, wow, he could still throw it pretty hard. Uh, you know, and then there will be stories that come out of guys who, you know, finish up their XFL careers and make training camps and go on from that. And uh, at least while we have it, we can have fun with it. Sometimes I feel like, Derek, that fans get caught up too much in whether it's going to last or not. You're like, well, who cares? What does it make a difference to you whether it's going to last or not? Enjoy it while it's here. That's the way I look at it, man. 
Agree. I mean, it's not our money on the line. So like, <laughs> right, exactly. Let's, let's enjoy it while we can. <laughs> exactly, unless you're one of those people who are gambling on it, which then may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, Derek Klassen, at QBKLASS, QB Class, get it, uh, on Twitter. He does the film room and almanac for Football Outsiders and one of my go-to people for quarterback opinions. So, Derek, great stuff. We'll catch up again soon, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on again. Yep, for sure. Thanks for coming on. Their class in football outsiders. Great stuff from him, as always, breaking down quarterbacks. If you go to his Twitter, he's got film stuff on Jalen Hurts that's really interesting. Uh, he posts a lot of clips and makes observations and then writes articles. I mean, I just scrolled down. He's got a Jake Fromm thread. We've really left Jake Fromm out of the conversation for the most part because he just is boring. I can say, yeah. hasn't Jake Fromm left Jake Fromm out of the yeah, conversation? Just not interesting really at all jake Fromm. if we're ranking how interesting each quarterback prospect is he gets way down the list he's like a seventh round pick it's on that criteria alone on intrigue he (laughs) anytime maybe this is rude to say but anytime the ceiling on a quarterback is andy dalton you're like well all right Okay. Uh, just is there anything else? Swipe left or whatever the uh, <laughs> teens might do on one of those You're apps. Asking the wrong guy. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've never used. No, I've never any had, of those. Never had another girlfriend or anything other than my wife. So I don't know what Same. those do. But um, I think that's right, though. I think you swipe if you don't like that, and uh, that's sure. what that you should do with Jake <laughs> Fromm. I guess. How old are we? <laughs> Quarterbacks. I know. I know. Sounding super old, and I. <laughs> Feels super old. I'm watching this, and Joe Horn's kid is out there, and Ricky Prohl's kid is yeah. out there, and the XFL. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. That's Ricky Prohl's kid. Wait. <laughs> I thought he wasn't retired that long ago, right? This happens to me constantly now. I'm at the perfect age where everybody that I watched growing up is old enough to have kids that are adults. Like man, I saw I saw the troll touchdown. I'm like, wait, that name is way too unique to be just super common. Come on, that cannot be that guy's kid. And you were talking about the greatest show on turf, Rams, and Ricky Prohl was a part of it. So yeah, that is a thing that happens to me all the time. Anyhow, so I don't know where we got to Jake Fromm and Tinder, but um, Jalen Hurts is swipe the other way in terms of Mm -hmm. interest. I am very intrigued by Jalen Hurts, in part because he seems to have uh, the right temperament for it, the right character for it. What he dealt with in Alabama of getting benched in a championship game, watching the other guy go in and lead a couple of touchdown drives and make amazing throws and then take over as the quarterback at Bama and to then go somewhere else but stay as a backup quarterback for a year have to come in in, what, the SEC championship game and win mm-hmm. for Tua and, and be ready to do that and then go somewhere else and be number two in the Heisman, only behind Joe Burrow, who's going to be the number one overall pick. I think that says something about you. I was just watching last night on E60. Well, everyone else was watching who got the best digital director of something, whatever, with the early Oscars. I was watching E60. I only tuned in for Joaquin Phoenix's speech, which went a lot of different places. He was talking about animal rights and then outside zone scheme and then back to loving everyone, and it it got super weird. But uh, early on, on E60, the ESPN production, it was an interview with uh, Drew Bledsoe and a, a long feature, an interview with him, where he talked about getting benched for Tom Brady and how hard that was 
but he came into the AFC Championship game, I think that year, and was ready to play and threw a couple of touchdowns. I would have to go back through the game to find out exactly what happened. But the fact that he took a professional approach to be ready sort of said something about him as a professional football player, and I think it's required to be a good quarterback. So if you were going to bring in Jalen Hurts, He's already proven to you that he can do the backup thing and be ready and not act entitled or anything else like that. It's it's one of the concerns that you would have if you drafted a quarterback behind Kirk Cousins is just how that was going to play. With Sean Mannion, what people didn't understand last year during training camp about Sean Mannion is it was never about Sean Mannion's arm or his accuracy or anything like that. It was, can he know the offense? Can he help Kirk Cousins? Can he know his role and and not be problematic or egotistical or anything like that in the locker room, but just be a support guy? And after Kirk Cousins throws the touchdown in New Orleans, who's the first guy he jumps up on is, is Sean Mannion on the sideline because that was his guy all year long, helping him out, helping him become a better quarterback. And if they were to draft someone like Anthony Gordon or Jalen Hurts, you have to be sure that they can be like that. That, that, that they can be somebody who is going to support the starting quarterback and then down the road, if it's 2021 or if it's 2024, whatever, they've got to be ready to take over that position. Even from a financial standpoint, though, I love the idea of drafting a third-round or second-round quarterback, a backup that isn't taking up a whole lot of cash. A lot of times, if you want a decent backup quarterback, you got to pay. Like Teddy made a bunch of money. Brian Hoyer would always make a bunch of money to be a good backup quarterback. Uh, our buddy Sage Rosenfels made a bunch of money in his career to be a good backup. It's not very easy to find all the time. Uh, is a cheap backup who you could trust to win half the games. So if you get a rookie who you believe in, uh, you're in good shape. There's also the, you get Mason Rudolph and he stinks, and then you miss the playoffs because he's bad and gets himself hit in the head with a helmet. <laughs> Uh, right, I mean that's the yeah. risk you take if you're if you're doing that. I like the idea in theory, but sometimes it ends up being Brett Hundley who comes in for Aaron Rodgers and just destroys the season. That also can happen too. All right, uh, Judd Zolgad is going to come in next. He's become obsessed with Stephon Diggs's tweets, so we're going to tell him to calm down. Also, need to get his take on Philip Rivers, the first domino to fall. Philip Rivers will not be returning to the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll continue the conversation when we return. Matthew Collar here on Purple Daily. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.